0: Welcome back to Coaches Exploring Clarity, and today we're going to look at Chapter 11, Authenticity, Your True Identity. And it starts with a quote from Richard Dawkins, evolutionary biologist. Matter flows from place to place and momentarily comes together to be you. Whatever you are, therefore, you are not the stuff of which you are made. I don't know about you guys, but this, even though the chapter is super short, it's uh kind of blowing my mind mm. in terms of you know the implications of it yes. and um the depth of it i
1: guess is maybe the, the way to describe it yeah right with you on that one greg uh for me this is the so far the chapter mm. um and interestingly i uh, i must admit i've kind of come in Today with I'm I'm kind of I've got my mind somewhere else, and I was Oh, yeah, I don't really know if I want to do this, oh, I don't know what to mm-hmm. say. And this is like, as you said, mind blowing. Yeah. Mind blowing from from that very quote by Richard Dawkins. Because what what came to me is the fact that aha uh because now that we have like the proof of this and you know when jamie often talks about paradigm shift mm. like being able to see this i could sort of really see how in, in my case how i'm like now I, I really feel with this the information from this chapter that i'm dealing with, living in, and feeling attuned to this new paradigm. And it's, it's because I now know, whereas, let's say, even 20 years ago, scientists already did know. I didn't. But because this is not just because somebody called Richard Dawkins, who even is an evolutionary biologist, says this. Like, This has been scientifically proven Mm. to be true. There is no other way about it. You know, matter flows, matter is, matter is the basis of everything matter from the or the energy or whatever it is. So that anything I read after this is undoubtedly true.
2: Mm.
1: So that I can actually take on board what Jamie is saying. Whereas If I just look 20 years ago, like, yeah, yeah, you know, a lot of work in, my work in in a spiritual sort of um, healing kind of environment, but it was sort of, albeit taught to me by, or from, let's say, the scriptures, from what Buddha said, from what the ancient Egyptians said, from what anybody said. It's like, yeah, yeah, but that's like just a theory. It's Mm. still just a theory. But this, it just suddenly struck me. No, my God, this is true. It's not a thing that somebody's written and you either like it or you don't. This is actual fact. Mm. And from that, the rest of the chapter, just literally, as we said before, it just blew my mind. Because it just cannot be any other way. And there's so many insights and connections that I made reading it. So, what a way to start a chapter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Can you share one, Elaine? Sorry? Can you share one? Can I share one? Uh, uh, mm. an, in- an insight? Mm. Um, Okay. Um, that's a difficult question. <laughs> okay. Sorry. Um, <laughs> The, the idea that I realized that everything again, I have to talk in because this is me, of course, everything that I do is based on my thinking. And every time I think, and I'm just I'm just gonna say literally big word, anything in a thought-generated perceptual reality it is always in some way compared to something else, which at the same time is in a thought-generated perceptual reality of somebody else, if you like. And as long as we everything that we do remains in that way, almost a comparison, like you, you compare you or who you think you are up to date to something else. And for as long as you stay there, life, I'm kind of thinking, is always going to be, at some point or another, very uncomfortable. But now that I know that what guides me or what makes me me is nothing to do with that at all. Absolutely nothing. It's something else, which is then called wisdom, But wisdom was also one of those words that existed in my mind, my own thought generated perceptual reality, which was created like the understanding of the word wisdom was created from that. It wasn't created from where it actually came from. And wisdom belongs to the realms of the formless. And now that, and and the word itself, formless, is something Well, it just didn't exist. It's got nothing to do with what? Formless. But now I have, let's say, in my my mind, again, Buddha, God, uh, the ancient Egyptians, Chinese, Japanese, anybody else, they've always known this to be true. But in my world, my life, I needed the, the proof. And I actually have the proof now. And it's come from this sentence. So that I now I now know that I don't need to be looking for anything that's outside of me, ever. And any time I do feel uncomfortable, unhappy, miserable, uh, not up to it, not good enough, it's always good enough compared to whom? Well, the only one I can actually compare myself to is myself who already knows better, the real me. And that, that's what came from this, which I thought, for, for me personally, was just incredible. That, that, that was one of the many insights. Mm. Um And I, I know we, we're kind of trying to go through this in order. But I'll just jump forward a little bit on page 128, um, you know, if we stop for a moment, as Jamie says, and consider the planet we live on, as you're reading these words, the energy be- behind life is moving from formless into form and back again. And and I started reading the list and I was going, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, you, go, you know, get that. Babies are being born. Oh, this makes sense. Flowers are blooming. Oh, yeah. Birds are flying. Of course, this makes sense. And then the words, <laughs> Countless billions of thoughts are emerging, then disappearing. I never, it never even came into my awareness to even be aware or consider the very word in the English language, in this case, thought. It it just wasn't in my, you know, it's it's a word that kind of people write or talk about or you're thinking or you're not thinking. But like in this sense, I I can't I, I don't even know if I'm explaining exactly how big that is for me. Like I sort of was getting quite well on with my little life, understanding lots of things, like all of those things on those lists. And then Jamie comes up with countless billions of thoughts are emerging, and disappearing. Wow. Mm. And that's all they're doing. In and out, in and out, out and in. And then, and then, poof, they're gone. And when they're just gone, so has everything that you've always been th- thinking—that is telling you who you are—is not true because you're not even looking at who you really are. Because who you really are is none of that anyway. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah.
2: I think I should have now. <laughs> I think
0: that was rather beautiful. Actually. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> well, I love how you picked that one bullet point out of that list. Because yeah. like, I had read that and I'd highlighted that whole section, but it hadn't really hit me the way that it hit you and the way that it just hit me now as you were explaining it. But uh, yeah, it's almost like, uh, you know, Somehow masterfully Jamie's put like this hidden little gem in this list of bullet points that are so, um,
2: you
0: know, innocuous, like babies are being born, flowers are blooming, yeah, 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 you know, and then this one that you just pointed out is like, holy crap, yeah, that's a game changer.
2: Yeah. 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 How
0: about you, Lynn, what jumped out at you?
2: So much. Um, my overall um my overall feeling from sorry, I'm getting into feelings. My overall feeling from this whole chapter is what a load of <laughs> I just feel like wow that, that first quote um and and I think of I don't know about you guys. But I remember years ago when I first started coaching and trying to persuade people: you're not your job, you're not your label, you're not just a mom, or dad, or whatever you look like. You know, I used to try and persuade people of that, and I, and I'm realising, oh wow, I didn't believe that. I I don't think I believed that. I thought I was a the something and the something I had to. Do things, improve things, and have things to appear to be something. So, when, as I'm reading through this, um, and I, and I'm going through the paragraphs under a case of mistaken identity, where, um, it goes from we're born and we don't realize whether have was eyes face. But then you start to create the map of you. You, you start to create a map of who is someone. And last week, I know we talked about. That. Um, and then just as whole going on to how we've created our self image and we've kind of oriented ourselves around that and and where that too goes how what up people myself included can get in that um yeah, we're using that as a reference point, giving our opinion on what we keep for where our limits are. Just all of that to me is is so so deep and makes me reflect on you know what is important what is important to me as to where I really am a what I've created myself to be or to think I am and when some of that falls away and what's left maybe how easier things can be because when we're caught up in all that stuff things can look kind of hard <laughs> um, when we're caught up in our self-image that we have created and then we're not living up to that things get or we think we're not living up to it whatever that looks like things things can start to go kind of hard so when that starts to fall away because we realized well that's all made up then it seems like possibilities are well it's just infinite possibility mm-hmm and and somehow it gave me a a sense of calm which I was quite feeling for I started to get this chapter for today um
0: so yeah yeah I mean there's so much in here for me too like the right after that Richard Dawkins quote there's a line that says you are not your job you're not how much money you have in the bank and it reminded me of a song I used to love called Yellow Brick Road by a Canadian singer named Rain Maida, who was the lead singer of another band called Our Lady Peace. But it's, the line in the song said, uh, we weren't our uh, our money, our age, we weren't our problems, our age, or our paychecks, and we weren't taking anybody's S-H-I-T. <laughs> but um, over the course of the last several years, with my career kind of going up and down and stuff, like the the notion that I'm not my problems... I'm not my paycheck. Um, that already rang true to me back then, before I knew anything about the principles or about uh, who I really am. And it's funny because I started thinking about in my Stephen Covey studying days. You know, one of the the keys to time management was to figure out all your roles. So I'm a father, I'm a boss, I'm a, a, a subordinate. You know, whatever. Figured all the roles in your life, and then what are your goals for each of those roles, and then put them in your schedule, and how practical and helpful that is for managing your time or managing yourself against time and getting things done. But it's super not helpful to identify as any of those things, and to get caught up in thinking that I am all these things, and um, and when you get caught up in, in identifying as those things, and then you you get caught up in measuring yourself self worth against how you're performing in each of those areas of your life. Um, and kind of like you just said, Lynn, it's, it's so freeing and calming. And I don't know, freeing is probably the best word for me to describe, like when you can just see all of that for what it is, as being a map, it's just made up like, um, you know, when, when in that same part of the on page 124, the case of mistaken identity, when Jamie's talking about as a baby, like you don't even know that you have hands or fingers or whatever. And I saw a video yesterday on Instagram and it was a toddler learning to do a thumbs up for the first time. And he's like, he's got his hands kind of like curled up and he's pointing and he's trying to figure out just how to get just his thumb to work, to do a thumbs up. And he, I mean, it, it might've taken like 20 seconds. And he's like so concentrated on it while looking at his hand and trying to make his, Thumbs and fingers do what he wants them to do. And then all of a sudden he gets it. And all, you know, everyone in the room cheers for him and he's so happy. <laughs> but it's like, you know, it, it just it was a good illustration for me, but all oh, that's how we start building these self-images of ourselves and our man And um, you know, and, and it's so innocent. Um, and in everything in this chapter just reminds us that we can kind of rise above that, like at the end of that mistaken identity thing it says you are not a label you are not your beliefs thoughts or feelings about yourself you are not the contents of or structure of your thinking and who you really are is far far more than you think Um, yeah so again mind mind mind-blowing stuff yeah yeah
1: yeah and and the sense as well about uh the idea that who we've thought we, we are to date um you know just he he kind of almost dismisses it in a you know very, with a very quick few sentences you know if you think about it your your body is changing its cells and everything is changing inside you so how can you be the same person that you thought you were so so hmm. that's like oh so so what is this thing that keeps telling me that I'm something that I don't like or don't want to be or whatever it is, or even what I could be, if only sort of thing. Um, Yeah, he says, you know, our bodies are made mostly from water and all the cells are frequently replaced. In fact, most of the cells in your body are less than 10 years old. So, you know, and and who a person is, he says, it doesn't change. But their body does, you know, and, and you call it my body. But who's the me? Whose body it is, which was it was a bit difficult actually to read that and actually even understand the sentence because it's so it's so different from I'm, I'm guessing what normal everyday thinking is mm. like, or it's even the the fact that even somebody could ask me that, like it's beyond all sort of beyond my imagination, and yet thinking about it, you know is is indeed, and it brings me back, you know, to the be- the beginning, the beginning. You know, it's all about something over and beyond, something that, has gone before and still is now and will always be. Mm-hmm. It's not, it's not who you think you are. You know, that bit, like who is that me, is who you really are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I struggled
2: with that. Uh this is not the first time I've read this here or heard it somewhere or read it from somewhere else. It's it's not the first time, it's by no means the first time. And I and I actually do struggle I just uh you know conceptually <laughs> I hear it, but I, I have to really, really think about that to, to get that you know because it's it's not really a normal thing. And again that's probably because this whatever this is for all of us that bit is part of what we've created as we have developed and as part of our self-image it has to be and we see it all the time therefore painting this this thing and all be me. it's that for me that's it's quite a hard thing to get by um I here to to that a stretch find <laughs> that stretch yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah i think for for me there's like a, a a process of realizing that that's not who i really am which then means well then that doesn't matter um so let's let's say i'm a dad but who i really am isn't a dad that's just you know a, a part of my life Um, and it's a part that I love so much and it's like my favorite parts, but so there's this discomfort of like disassociating with that, that, well, no, I, but I want to be that. (laughs) Um, but, and so there's a a bit of a fear or a letting go of, you know, what's going to happen if I, if I'm, if that's not who I am, but then there's, there's another realization and at a deeper level of. Oh, I can actually be a better dad, knowing that I can go full out, and and I don't have to worry about the implications of whether I'm being a good dad or a bad dad, or make a good decision or a bad decision, or if uh, if my kids do something I don't like, it's not a reflection on who I really am, or like you're just free of all of that stuff. So I can actually be a, a, a way better dad coming out of a place of understanding and clarity than it ever could have been coming at it from a whole bunch of made up things about what that means and what the implications of it are.
2: Yeah. yeah and then yeah, replace yeah.
0: dad with any other, you know, coach, Label. employee, husband, you know, anything else you want to to, to substitute for that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I guess, again, it's sort of a, you know, getting caught up in the form,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know, even, even the, you know, the question, well, you know, what what is dad? Yeah. Or if we kind of thinking that, you know, if we go move away from that, from the form, it's, well, the formless that's created something that is able to create and continue life no more than no more no less so again it's it's even even the the fact that we ask ourselves sometimes we ask ourselves some questions that really keep us in in the form and, and keep us into some kind of um i guess quite quest questioning questioning in in so much as you know am I good am I not good am I a good dad am I a good mum am, am I am I whatever it, it's that very same thing that's keeping us there doing that so it's always the thing about after having read this i get i sort of fully take on the idea of having to move away from that like not even ask myself the question and like at, at one point i don't know if it's in this chapter or the next but he's probably the next but he said you know the thing is that the non-form, the formless, the the creator of life, if you like, just is. So there is no question oh. mark after the word "dad," sort of thing. Just is. Yeah. I'll I read it.
2: That, I mean, because something else. So, go, ahead, go, ahead, go ahead. No, you go ahead. Sorry. No, no, that's no,
0: no, no, no. fine. Okay. <laughs> I was going to wrap wrap it up with a thought experiment. So if you yeah. want to uh,
2: oh, do something before, no, cool. oh, I
0: just it. It's good. Actually, the thought experiment. Yeah, wrap up with that because I
2: did have thoughts about the thought
0: experiment. <laughs> okay. So the thought experiment on one thirty one. Uh, what happens when you consider the fact that clarity, peace and security are only ever one thought away
2: when i when i read that i actually wanted it to be the beginning Hmm. um recently i went to um an art exhibit in Glasgow a couple of months ago, and, and it was on all, uh, all, all sorts of print, and I didn't understand a lot of it, not, not in that world, I didn't. So I'm walking around looking at these paintings and, and creations and their descriptions, and I didn't understand the description. And I was appreciative of the art, but I didn't understand the descriptions. And at the end of the exhibit, in that little kind of note thing, was a print machine and the description of every single wow, I wish they put that at the beginning. I've just gone through a whole exhibit and and I was appreciating the the art in the print, but I I couldn't understand the language. And would I, and I realized I was thinking about the language. I was in the thinking about how did they do that and what did that mean and and that's how I felt when I read when I read this um thought experiment, what happens when we consider the fact that I gave this photo everyone when I thought away I just felt like, oh, you know, that like that's the explanation you know, that tells me that just tells me so much and and makes things clear, you know. And and again that just goes back to the the feeling of um it's freeing and the endless possibility. And if we really, really knew that in our heart of hearts, how much less would we we get caught up in diminishing of our thinking and and, and where it takes us mm. the the strength and the yeah the truthiness of our suppose. So that that was my my feeling when I made the books.
1: The thought and the thought that only one thought away sort of makes me think about yeah, but it kind of has to be the right thought, <laughs> <laughs> and and so so I, just as Lynn was talking, I was kind of think. Well, what could be a good thought? You know, just to 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 find that. Clarity, peace, and security. And I suppose that for me it would be the the, you know, again going back to the old scriptures or whatever the old antique ancient people used to teach, you know, something about the thought indeed could be the guiding light, which would again reflect back to one's own inner wisdom and 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 inner sense of security that obviously we have by nature of life like we're still here alive so we must be pretty safe kind of thing until we're not of course. So yeah it, it, it's it's kind of given me this idea that again and sort of those words your guiding light are actually very powerful and very um, soothing and like it kind of gives a feeling of oh well i don't need a guiding light from out there i don't need somebody else's lighthouse again ha huh. you know cuz it's that guiding light is in me mm. so that perhaps could be the, the one thought that i need to keep coming back to you know well it's it's there you've got it your guiding light go look for that That's one thought enough to move me from a, you know, a place of maybe um, upset, anger, and pain, anything, to to a more um, balanced, let's say, state of mind.
0: For me, I, I used to think about this as being one thought away. It's like, I just need that new one thought and I can get back to happiness, clarity, whatever. And more recently I've been thinking about more from a subtractive perspective, like Jamie's subtractive psychology notion, which is the one thought that that I'm away from is the thought that I'm caught up in right now. Like it's it's the thought that I'm in that's keeping me away. So the one thought away isn't that I need a new thought, is I just need to see through the thought that I'm caught up in. Yeah. And i and when I do, I land back in my default clarity, peace, and security. And there's a hopefulness to this, right? It's like anytime I'm in a low mood, or, um, you know, we've been, my daughter's moved back from university and she's kind of half living here and half living in a new apartment, which she's only partially moved back into. <clears throat> Excuse me. And uh, there's been some arguing and fighting and things not going perfectly smoothly and in those moments I can catch myself in this the hopefulness of like oh I just you know th- um I know that this isn't forever Like it's only one thought away to get back to happiness and clarity and peace and security it's just kind of a, a relief <laughs> yeah. it's maybe the best way to describe it yeah. Yeah. So we wrap up chapter 11 there.